Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey everyone, this is Jim Galliano and welcome to this week's podcast episode. Today I want to share some thoughts with you on productivity, on lifestyle, business lifestyle, how life affects business, how business affects life. And I want to do this because this is the podcast where we are talking about building a better kind of online business, one that's healthier for you, healthier for your family, and one that lets you live a life outside the business world. And one, of course, that's not going to have you burning the candle at both ends, which a lot of people seem to be doing. You know, there was a time when I lived, breathed, and ate business, and even my hobby time started to be co-opted by some of my pet, quote-unquote, business projects that I didn't have time for during regular business hours. Now, before I dive into this topic, I just want to let you know I do have a brand new newsletter available, absolutely free. It's called the Digital Strategist Newsletter. If you're not already getting it, you can sign up for it at jimsnewsletter.com. There are two archived issues there already as of this recording, and so you can check those out and see if this is something that you'd be interested in. For as long as I can remember, I've been interested in life strategy, business strategy, and just getting more out of all of the things that I'm doing on a day-to-day basis. And to do that and to do it effectively, yes, it takes some trial and error, but it also takes a little bit of wisdom to be able to see things that, well, maybe other people aren't seeing or maybe things that they are or that they're kind of taking for granted. But that's all available at jimsnewsletter.com. Back to what I was saying, yes, there was a time that I was living, breathing, and eating business And my thoughts at the time were that I have to focus on this. I have to learn how it works. I have to know the ins and outs if this is what I'm going to build my business career around around these topics. And so that makes sense. No matter what it is that you do, there are certain sacrifices that you make in order to learn new things. There's an investment in time. There is an investment in energy. There's an investment in money. And sometimes there's sacrifices of time, energy, and money as well on top of those things. So yes, there is that, and I'm not saying that that doesn't exist, but it's also foolish not to think that continual sacrifice isn't going to have a negative impact on other areas of your life that are also very important, like your health or your relationships with other people. And so I've seen people burn the candle at both ends, and I've seen them do that in their 20s and 30s. And by the time they reach their 40s, they look like they're at least a decade plus older with a lot of hard miles on them. And even some of the more popular people that I see in the social media world today, uh, I have to say this, but they look like people who burn the candle at both ends. And I don't say that to make fun of them. I'm just saying that There's cautionary tales that we can look at both contemporaries, the people who are around us right now, and those who have gone before us. Some of these lessons are really hard learned. And I know people who have sacrificed their personal lives, their personal relationships in order to build six and seven figure businesses. But the truth is, is that you do not have to sacrifice success in order and or relationships that you can have both. There is a balance, 
And also there's examples of people who have done that in the past and people who are doing that today. And so this is a place where you more or less have to judge yourself. It's really hard to judge yourself because I think sometimes we go to one or the other extreme. We're either too easy on ourselves when we judge our own motives, our own actions, where we're spending our time and where we're not, or we're, too, we're either too hard or we're too easy. So I think to take a realistic look from our own vantage point into our inner lives where we're spending most of our thought lives and things like that, I think it, yeah, it, it does take a little bit of, of time to, to see the uh, truth, I guess you might say, through the clouds. But during that time in my own life, when I was spending day and night, night and day doing business-related activity, and when I wasn't doing the activity, I was thinking about the activity, to make matters worse, at the time, I also hung out with people who thought much as I did. You know, we were all, quote-unquote, building our own little empires. But um, others would have said, and like the people that I hung out with, that we're just, you know, we're kind of living the what they might call the hustle lifestyle. And I never liked the hustle lifestyle, even though I was born in a part of the United States where that's basically the norm. I was born in the Northeast in the uh, New Jersey area, born in Newark, New Jersey, which really isn't that far from New York. And it's just a small, smaller city, of course. But the point is, is that that part of the world is a very active, that part of the country is not what you would call a laid back lifestyle. Never has been. Uh, not in uh, as far back as you can go. So I kind of had that inbred in me from the early days. Not that I was taught it or not that anybody encouraged it, but it felt like that was the norm. And the hustle lifestyle sort of rubbed me the wrong way because I was the type of person who enjoyed leisure time, a lot of leisure time, <laughs> especially when I was younger in my teens. But anyway, as I grew, as I went through my 20s, I began to notice that even though I wasn't living the hustle lifestyle outwardly, activity-wise, I was still living it internally. So rather than be being physically working on projects around the clock, I was thinking about the projects when I wasn't working them. So I was living that life even though I didn't realize I was living it. And I was having the same detrimental effects as somebody who was doing the physical activity. As a, as a matter of fact... And I know that when we talk about digital business, online business, I know a lot of it is mental, mental work as opposed to physical work. And they say that, and rightly so, I've experienced this myself. If we spent like the entire day digging ditches, and let's say we did that for several days, by the time we were finished with our work day, we would be sore, we would be tired, and... Most likely, by the time we hit the couch or the bed or wherever, we would be out in moments. We'd be, we'd be like snoring. We'd be sawing wood. We'd be sound asleep. And yeah, we'd work up the ne- wake up the next day and maybe we would feel uh, a little sore from the day before. But the rest that we experience would be different than this scenario. Let's say we worked mentally all day long on studying topics and really having to think things through. In other words, it wasn't just physical manual labor. At the end of that day, at the end of that work day, we sat down in the chair. The unwinding is not the same as unwinding from the physical type of stuff. In other words, it's it's slower. It's not easy. It's not like you can just disconnect. You still have those things in, bouncing around in your mind. And sometimes when you try to go to sleep, you can't even sleep 
well at night because you're thinking about all of these activities and how they relate. Now, we're talking about everything in a business context right now. So have you ever thought about business as you're trying to go to sleep or have business-related thoughts and you're not really able to disconnect from those thoughts and that you find when you're sleeping at night, your sleep is sort of uneven. Maybe you wake up every hour and a half or every few hours and you can't get comfortable, you just can't relax, even though you're tired. So the two types of fatigue, physical fatigue and mental fatigue are really much different and they affect us in different ways. So I would say that, and I know a lot of people would agree that the the mental, the time that it takes to repair from mentally exerting yourself is longer than physical exertion or physical work. So just a few things to think about there because when we talk about lifestyle, that also includes whatever it is that's occupying your thoughts. And a lot of times, I hate to say it, but in the business world, a lot of the things that occupy our thoughts are not positive things. We're thinking about how we can improve things that need improvement or what will happen if something goes wrong. So it, it got to a point for me where, and, and I, I didn't need an intervention or anything like that. I guess if I kept going down that road, I just would have worn myself out. But the people around me started saying things like, all you ever talk about is business. And the reason why I talked about business so much is because that's always what was on my mind. Even when I met other people, I wanted to know what type of work or what type of business they did. And if the conversation wasn't about business, there wasn't really too many things I could talk about simply because that's the way I had rewired my mind to think for quite a long time. So if people are starting to tell you things like that, where can we talk about something else? Maybe they'll say, or why do we have to talk about this? The reason why you're talking about it, the reason why you want to talk about it is because there's issues that are on your mind. But on the other hand, it's also a warning sign that you need to pay attention to. Because I know that if you have a relationship, or you're in a relationship, husband, wives, significant others, boyfriends, girlfriends, whoever, that type of, of intimate relationship, if, the, if your partner says that to you, all you ever do is talk about this or ask if we could talk about something else, that's a, that's a warning sign that some work might need to be done on your relationship or you need to turn the corner and start heading in a different direction because maybe they feel like they can't talk with you on that level or that you're on a level that they're no longer relating to. I mean, there can be a lot of personal issues there. So let me just leave it at that. But let me go on and on with this line of thinking, I think that most of us start out wanting to build a business around our lives. I know that's the way I started out, but then gradually we begin to unconsciously do the exact opposite of that. We struggle to build a life around our business as our business begins to consume more and more of our lives, meaning that our time, our energy, our focus. Now, just the other day, and a lot of people are thinking about this. This is why I decided to talk about this on today's podcast. The other day I was meeting with a client. And he was telling me about what was happening with his social media campaigns. And he was putting a lot of effort into 
marketing on social media. Not paid ads, but all of, all of the organic stuff. And that said, of course, time is money, so there's that too. But uh, he, I said, well, how is this going uh, for you? Because about nine months ago, he told me that he really wanted to go all in on social media and figure out, is this something that has a future for his business or... Because if you listen to other people talk, you'll say, certain people will say positive things, some people say negative things, and you're still left with, okay, well, what is your experience going to be? And I told him, this is where the wisdom part came in. I said, look, if you're going to hire a social media expert to guide you through the marketing of your business on, let's say, Facebook or Instagram or both. Now, yeah, it could be LinkedIn or TikTok or someplace else. But it happened to be these two, Facebook and Instagram. Why don't you do yourself the favor and do exactly what they tell you to do? Sure, if something doesn't make sense, question it. But all other things being equal, you're hiring an expert. It's amazing how many times we hire experts and then we want to argue with the advice they give us. So we like the experts who agree with us. <laughs> so anyway, so he said, okay, I'm going to do that. Now, certain bits of advice and he shared with me the advice that he was getting I really didn't agree with it that much and I let him know so but I would say I told him I said well do what they say because six months from now nine months from now or 12 months from now I want you to be able to say to that person that you did exactly what they said and this is why you have the result or you don't have the result in other words, I didn't want there to be an excuse there. I didn't want this person coming back and saying, well, we told you to do this, but you didn't. You did this instead, and that's why you didn't get the result. It's your fault. No, I wanted the, this person to do exactly, I wanted my client to do exactly what this expert was going to tell them to do. And so that's what he did. So here we are at the nine-month point, I guess, or 10-month point, somewhere around that. It's almost a year. It's going to be a year soon. And I said, what, what type of, are you happy with the result that you're, you've received? And what he told me was that all of his friends noticed, all of his business associates noticed his increase in activity. And they were all commenting on how sharp the photos were that he was sharing and how interesting the little posts were that he had put up there and that you know they would like them and so on but he said all of that said that his friends were commending him on his great efforts on Facebook and Instagram he said his income or financial return was basically non-existent in other words if he compared the previous time let's say the previous year when he wasn't doing any of this to the time when he was doing it the return on his, his investment was basically non-existent. The point was that he could do this work on his own now that he knew how to do it because the expert gave him the battle plan. But the idea of the battle plan was initially to create more sales, and it didn't do that. Very interesting. So I said to him, I said, well, bring me up to speed a little bit. What exactly were you hoping to sell directly from your social media effort? And he told me. So basically his business is broken down into, let's say, two main income streams. 
So for example, if you have a service-based business, maybe let's say for those of you in the digital world, I'm trying to make the analogy here because we're talking about offline business right now using social media. But one of his main sources of income was providing a service for the customer. But then another stream of income, which was growing, was selling products that support that service. And so the as far as the total income, it was about 50-50. So the hopes was that by doing this social media effort, that that 50 would become 60 or maybe even 70, who knows, percent of the income. So they want to take advantage of the opportunity there. So did it work? No, it didn't work. But here's the thing about it. What he said to me, and I can totally relate to this, is I don't want to disappear from social media. I don't want to pull back. But I feel like I have to pull back because I just don't have enough hours in the day and I need to invest my time in something that's going to give a financial return. Now think about it like this. If you're on social media and you're putting the time, the effort, the energy in to create whatever, whatever type of content, let's just forget about social media. Let's, let's just talk about it in a general sense. Whatever type of content cr- that you create, maybe you're a blogger or maybe you have a video channel, whatever it is that you do, if people are telling you that you're doing a great job or that they enjoy your content, or that they enjoy your group, or they enjoy your discussions, or they enjoy your themes, but they're not spending any money, then are you getting an ROI? Are you getting a return on that investment in time? Well, no, you're not. So what do you do? Well, obviously something has to change. Now, in his case, he just decided that he is burning the candle at both ends right now in his life. He's got plenty going on in his personal life, He's got plenty going on in his business, and there's other areas of life in general that just need his time, energy, and focus. And so if this were a video game and the green energy bar shows us that we are at full strength, well, he would be down where like the little red is starting to blink, where he is almost out of energy. And so as as a consultant, I can tell people, well, here are your options. You can do this, this, and this. And this was... One of the few times that I found myself telling someone to just pull back from everything and to, and to give themselves a rest and not feel guilty about it. And I even explained to them, I said, well, if you're not getting an ROI on your 100% effort into building on social media, if you're not getting basically any ROI on it, but you feel like you need to be there because every other one of your competitors is there, well, then what would cutting 50, back 50% look like the content would still be good but it would be maybe every day maybe it would be three times a week instead of seven days a week and and do you think that people would find that disappointing do you think people would be contacting you and saying how come you're not putting out the content every day (laughs) the answer of course is no you didn't think people would be thinking that at all and so the reality of the situation is You try something, if it gives you a return, that's great. If it doesn't give you a return, then you make the effort to test something else or to change it a little bit. Now, I know that there's only so many changes you can make on any given platform and with any given approach to marketing. And so it's one thing if I can tell you, I have five approaches to email marketing and I'm going to do all five. If one doesn't work, I'm going to move to the other. 
So for example, I may say, I'm just going to write personal emails and I'm going to share people with people what's happening in my life and what's happening in my business. And hopefully some of those people are going to want to take that ride with me. And then suddenly I find out that nearly nobody's interested in taking the ride with me. And it could be for a whole bunch of reasons. It could just be because my client type, the person that enjoys my content, well, they're really not in that place in their life right now. They're more or less in the production phase of their businesses. A lot of my clients are in the production phase. They're not in the beginning stages. And so that type of content may not work. Now, I may realize that going in. Most of the time, you really don't realize it until you do it. You just have an opinion. You just think something might or might not work, but you're not going to know for sure unless you actually do it. And so if I tell you I have five approaches to making email work for my business, and right now I'm testing two of them, and you say, well, there's only one viable way that I can make email work based on my experience, based on my skills, based on my time, energy, focus, whatever, and you try that one and it doesn't work for you, well, then I would just say, well, go ahead and move over and try something else. Now, maybe you'll get back to that a year from now or six months from now. I know a lot of people that will use using email as an example say, I wish I would have got started with email marketing earlier. You hear a whole bunch of people make comments like that. And that makes sense based on where they're at now. But there was a reason why they didn't get started earlier because their focus was in other areas and their desire was to make other things work in other areas first. In other words, there were priorities to doing email and that's what was important to them. So yeah, it took some time. Everything in business, unfortunately, takes a little bit of time for you to discover. There is no manual that somebody can be handed that will tell them do this, this, and this just like just like this, and you'll get the result. Results vary from person to person. All right, we know all that. That's all that should be common sense. But how easy is it to forget things that should just be common sense? Common sense isn't very common anymore, is it? So that's what he's doing with his business. He is cutting back from the time that he's spending in social media. He's freeing some time up. And interestingly enough, just the conversation we had, he had several projects that he wanted to do in, in the future. And being honest with him, I said, what if you never did those projects? Have you ever thought about that? What if you never did that? What if you never did those things? Would that bother you? Now, on the surface, the instant knee-jerk reply might be yes. I know if somebody asked me that, my, my knee-jerk response would probably be, yeah, it would bother me if I never did something that I was planning to do. But then when you dig a little bit deeper, you have to ask yourself the question, why did you want to do that project anyway? What was it that it was going to bring into your life that had you not done that project, you wouldn't have had? See, there's something about... Um, the need to find some kind of fulfillment that drives a lot of entrepreneurs. And when they're not finding the fulfillment in doing that thing, there's a huge amount of disappointment that they have to deal with on a personal level. I know there's been entrepreneurs that I've personally known who have used success as a way of finding overall fulfillment instead of relationships. Success being defined as building a big business, building a very profitable business, making a lot of money, having a nice amount of money stowed away in the, in the account. All of those things, they, the desire to do that 
was that they thought they were going to experience this sense of fulfillment. Well, do you know what it's like to feel fulfilled? Fulfilled is when you sit back and you look about what you have around you and you think to yourself, wow, this is good. I'm glad I put the effort into doing this. I'm thankful I've used my God-given talents the way that they were supposed to be used. And I'm content with my life. I've lived a good life. Do you know how few people feel that way? And and that's a shame. And I, I would encourage you not to give up on getting to that place. Just because you haven't gotten there yet doesn't mean that it's it's too late for you. Matter of fact, the Bible is one of the examples that I like to use about people who found their place very late in life, going, going all the way back to some of the personalities in the Old Testament. These were people that just found their place very late in life. And when I think about these individuals who did this, I know our society as a whole really kind of promotes people that get wealthy in their 20s and 30s, which is a shame because how many 20 and 30 year olds are going to do that? That target is fraught with peril. You know, Taking aim at a target like that, and I would say that if you burn your 20s and 30s in the hopes of being able to retire and you're, you're, <laughs> you couldn't be any farther away if you tried, as you wind down in your 30s, well, then, you know, a lot of people hit what's called the midlife crisis at that point. Now, one of the things that I focused on quite a bit in my own life was the my family relationships, because in the type of family that I was brought up in, family relationships were important, especially immediate family, maybe not so much with extended family, but Family was very important and spending time together and being involved in each other's lives, it was very important. And that gave me a sense of fulfillment that I couldn't get in my business life. And there were times where I actually felt the opposite, where I should put more emphasis on my business life than on on these other things because money is important. And the more money I have, the more, uh, you know, some people, money equals security, But I hate to say this, but there's just so much in life that can happen that money can't or issues that money can't solve. And, you know, maybe you never thought that way, but there's all kinds of catastrophes that happen to people that it doesn't make any difference what their bank balance is. It can't help them. So anyway, I hope you get the idea here that we're trying to talk about balance. The idea isn't to say this is wrong and that's wrong and then just leave it at that and say that we need to change. I'm just saying that. If you want to find a place of fulfillment, realize that you're wired, your internal wiring and and your God-given makeup, I guess you can call it, is designed to have balance, not for things to be out out of balance. And in your head, sometimes you don't see that balance. You don't recognize the need for it. You just realize that you're not happy and you can't even put your finger on why you're not happy. So if you... You know, it's one thing for your friends to be impressed. Going back to my my client here. And I know when my friends tell me that I'm doing a great job and people pat me on the back. I mean, I, that feels good. It feels good to hear that you're doing a good job. I believe that you need to hear you're doing a good job. And I believe you should. You deserve to hear that when you're doing a good job. When you're helping people, recognize this. 
when you're helping people or people are helping you, acknowledge the fact that, hey, that looks great, or thank you, or that was good, I really like that, or I really like what you're doing, because people need that. It's, a, it's like a requirement. They need to be acknowledged. And a lot of people grow bitter because they see other people getting acknowledged, but they're not getting acknowledged themselves. And they feel bad about that. I mean, who would actually get up in front of a group of people and say, you know, I, I just feel bitter because not enough people acknowledge me. You'd be embarrassed to say that, but you may have a point. Maybe some of the bitterness is that you're not getting acknowledged and you're just as good as not better than those who are being acknowledged. So again, you can see the need for balance here. So by you saying something nice to someone else, it might just seem like, well, that's just a surface thing, but you may actually be contributing something that they are dearly in need of. So don't hold back genuine praise or to be genuinely thankful when you see somebody else doing a good job or somebody else creates something that's nice or valuable or worth time or what, whatever. So you need to be hearing those things. But now in the case of working, working, working in order to get the praise, you have to realize that as good as praise is, praise isn't going to pay your bills. See, that would be the other side of that. So he's investing all of this money into learning social media, doing social media. Now that he's in it, he's getting the praise, but he's not getting the ROI, the return on the investment. So maybe he's getting the psychological return on the investment, which is, hey, you know what? You're doing a great job. I love your videos. I love your Facebook or LinkedIn group. I love the memes that you create. I love your artwork. I love the article that you wrote. I love the comments that you made. All of those things make us feel good and we need them. Of course, if that's all we're after, we have to recognize that, well, if you're retired and you've got plenty of money in the bank, then maybe you really don't need to be running the business or you're just doing a business because you want to have something to do. And that's fine. But most of you who are listening to this podcast anyway, aren't in that place yet. That's the place that you want to be at where you're working because you want to work, not because you have to work. See, being able to do something because we want to do it is great. It is fantastic. Because even if the second reality exists that we have to do it because we have bills to pay and not doing this activity means we wouldn't be able to pay our bills, then the fact that we love doing that kind of is the balance for that. So I think it starts by doing a reality check with your life as a whole and ask yourself, are you, do you think you're on the right path? And I think you have to ask yourself this on a gut level. And if the answer is no, as negative as that may seem or feel or sound, recognize it's really a positive thing if you recognize for yourself that you're on the wrong path because now you can start to change things and get on the right path. And the great news is, is that, and I have to tell you this, 99 out of 100 times, all the people that I know, myself included, who've made positive changes that have dramatically changed their lives, a lot of them have happened gradually. In other words, we don't wake up and just make a dramatic change overnight. Sometimes circumstances require a dramatic change, or sometimes circumstances push us into a dramatic change. But as far as the things that we have control over, I would say that, and I look at this for myself, I used to be proud of the willpower that I had, because I felt like I was in the smaller percentage of people 
that could discipline themselves to do something that most people couldn't do. But really, now that I think about it, which I've been thinking about this quite a bit, as much as I've trained myself to be disciplined in certain areas, that discipline has an end point. And so if you have to use will, willpower, let's use the word willpower now instead of discipline, okay? I think willpower describes it a little bit better. If you have the will, if you need willpower to say no still, then I have to ask the question or to say, if, if you need willpower to say no to something, or if you need willpower to say yes to something, right? We can look at two different contexts there. Then what happens when the willpower runs out? Because willpower isn't endless. Anybody's will can be broken. Everyone's will comes to an end. But the difference is, is that when you make a change that no longer requires willpower to maintain, then you've gone through what can only be described as a transformation. I've gone through transformations where I used, I no longer requires willpower to do certain activities, and these activities add to my life. They don't subtract from my life. It doesn't take an effort to do the right thing. It's beautiful when you get to certain points in your life when it doesn't take effort to do the right thing anymore when it's in there. So when we apply this to business and we look at the concept of starting to change some things, I'm talking about small incremental changes, the kind of things that most people would rather put to the side in favor of large, big, dynamic changes. When you talk about business building with the average person, how many people do you think really want to hear that the way forward is by making gradual, slow progress over a period of years? Who really wants to hear that? Instead, people want to hear more of a pie-in-the-sky type of approach, even though they know on a gut level that that might not be realistic for their situation. You can tell somebody that, you know, you can transform your business in 30 days and you can go from making this amount to this amount in 30 days with this plan. But that may require the kind of willpower that there is not going to be able to. It's like lifting weights. You tell someone to lift something that's maybe a little heavier than they're used to lifting and they may strain a little bit and do it. But you tell someone to lift something that's a lot heavier than they're used to lifting and what's going to happen, they're going to hurt themselves. And so you point out that someone needs to make some dramatic changes in order to quote unquote, hit that stellar goal that they're looking for, make that incredible, um, make the, make the most out of an opportunity. And what's going to happen is it's going to take all kinds of willpower for them to change their whole life in the next 30 days. And it's never going to hold. And so they're not going to maintain it or they're not going to capture it. They're not going to get there. And so the only two options they have are hit and miss. But these gradual changes that we make are things that provide more of a long-term stability. So, you know, I'm, I'm not in this place to tell anybody what they can do immediately and what's going to take longer. It differs from person to person. But an, an example of what I was just saying with my client he just decided that he's going to cut his time down in half. Maybe he'll cut it down in half again and only be working at 25% the effort that he was originally working at with social media. 
Or maybe he'll move completely into paid ads. He wanted to go the organic route. But in social media, really, there is an organic um, in, in the truest sense of the word because you're either going to pay in time or you're going to pay in money. And sometimes what you pay in time is more costly than what you would be paying in money. So now the other thing about social media is I'm sure you've heard about this is that um, the reports have been in for a while now that social media does more harm than good to society as a whole. And I know that just about all of us think when you hear stats like that, well, that's everybody else. That's not me. It's not really hurting me like that. Because when I originally heard these statistics, I thought, well, I'm in the business world and I'm around other like-minded people. We talk business. We're not talking politics. Uh, but the, the stats are based on, and this is what I thought, the average person who's basically working nine to five, they hate their job. And so maybe they're instant messaging or they're uploading stuff when they're in the bathroom or on a break or wherever they are. And then when they get home, they're burning the rest of their time hanging out on various social platforms. But it's really not true. These stats apply to everyone. They apply to business people. They require, they apply to working people. They apply to retired people. They retire, uh, apply to students. So it's been said, you know, by more than a few marketers and advertisers that attention is the new currency today. And big tech especially wants your time and attention. And by getting your time and attention, the other areas of your life are suffering. And again, I would say that when I heard those statistics the first time, I thought, well, that's not me. That's everybody else. Those are people that don't know how to manage themselves. And that's just like everything else in life. It's, you don't think you have the problem, right? You can stop at any time. It's a sign of addiction. But I'm, let's just put all this information to the side for a minute because I want you to consider this statistic. Now let's start talking about productivity a little bit. Studies are now showing that the average entrepreneur, the average person at work, has what amounts to basically four productive hours on average in any given day. Think about that for a minute. Average studies are now showing that, the studies are showing that the average person has about four productive, that means some people have less than that. And some people have a little bit more, but when I first heard this, I thought that number's gotta be too low. But I started looking at my own life and started examining how I was spending time. And the studies are showing that the people who are pushing their productivity envelope are actually experiencing the opposite effect because the work that they're doing beyond this four hour point, we're talking about four hours of productive work are available to you based on the amount of energy that you have to give to being productive, that you can give to being creative, that you can give to being insightful, four productive hours. And that people who are trying to push past that, then the work, the quality of the work begins to suffer. And so does everything else. Meaning that family, relationships, the ability to relax, the ability to unwind, the ability to sleep, all of those things are being affected by the desire to push your productivity up higher and higher into greater and greater amounts of time. But the other day, just this conversation that I had with the client, I spent maybe an hour and a half talking to them 
I, after that, I spent about an hour talking to somebody else. And my time with my clients, which is one of the reasons why I've been for the last year talking about the one-to-many approach, one of the reasons why I'm beginning to focus so much on this is that the time that I spent with just two people the other day in conversation, I would say in that day, on that given day, I had about one productive hour left in my day. And so I would say that realistically, I didn't even have four productive hours in that day. Number one, I didn't sleep good the night before. That had an effect on it. Number two, I gave those three productive hours out around about, but I had other things pulling at me, other things that were going wrong, other things that needed to be fixed, other people that I needed to talk to here where I live, not in the online world, but here where I live. And so when the day was finished and I finished eating my dinner and I sat down to do some work, I got to be honest with you. I, by thinking about it, by focusing on it, by being aware of this, my best productive hours were already in, in the rear view mirror. And the work that I was doing at that point wasn't at the level or the type of quality that I'm capable of giving and doing. And so it's okay if... Not every work needs to be, you need to be at your peak for everything that you do, but there are things that are more important than others and you need to be at your peak when you do that. And so again, we come down to the balance. If we have a limited amount of productivity in us in any given day, then we need to protect that time in order to get more out of our business activity. Studies are also finding that people work, who work four days a week and have three days off are also healthier both mentally and physically, and do a better job when they're at work than people that work five, six, or seven days a week. Those are statistics also that have been out there for a while. They're not real popular, especially with people in the online world because we tend to be never off. I remember there were times where I would answer my emails at night. And I'm still one of those people that I like to answer my emails within the hour. You know, if somebody's asking me a question, because I don't check my emails every hour on the hour. I mean, some days I have the email open, some days, some days I don't. It hasn't really been a problem for me in a while. But maybe it is a problem for you and it's something that you need a plan to plan around. And so the reality that we're dealing with, I mean, it may sound negative, but I don't really think it is. I think realizing there's a problem is the first step in creating a solution. And the solution may not be a willpower type of approach, which means we're going to go cold turkey. We're going to cut this thing out altogether. Or we're going to start waking up 6.30 every morning to get that first hour of productivity when everybody else is asleep. I mean, that may not be realistic for some of you. I think the baby step approach, now some people would just wave their hand at that and say, oh, that's a waste of time. But personally, I found that it isn't. Gradual change I don't think should be frowned upon when you can compare that to gradual change over the next several months versus extreme change that doesn't last more than a few weeks or a month. So sometimes it takes a little time to turn the ship around, so to speak, and head in a different direction. But a lot has been written about the importance of how we begin our day. And yes, everyone is different. Some people aren't morning people, for example. And so they really can't go, get going until around 10 o'clock or maybe a little bit later. For many years, I was a night person, but eventually I was forced to change my schedule and get up earlier. And so I became more of a morning person. 
But all things being equal, once you wake up, and for some of you that means not just being conscious that it's a new day and that you're stepping out of bed, but it means that you've had your coffee or you've had some kind of uh, breakfast or you have eat something. You have a little morning routine that you do, and then all things being equal, you can get into the work of the day. At that point, you should arguably have more energy to tackle the most important task for the day in your business right there and then. Now, just looking at this strictly through the lens of productivity right now, maybe you have your cup of coffee, you take a shower, do something else, then you're ready. Whatever you do next after that is going to set the tone for the rest of the day. And this has been written about, believe it or not, for for hundreds of years throughout literature, various literature. What you do next sets the tone for the day. So if you tackle the most difficult or the most important task first in your business, the rest of the day. Now, what I mean by tackle is maybe you can't complete it that morning, but you spend a good hour focused on doing that thing, making some progress, and then you have to disconnect from that project and get on to the rest of the busy work of that day. The rest of the tasks that you engage in will seem much easier by comparison. And it's been said that you will have a greater sense of fulfillment at the end of the day than you really had at the end of several days. Let me repeat that again. If you will do this, put the most important task first, give it a good hour of your time that morning on any given day, the rest of the tasks that follow will seem much easier by comparison, and you'll have a greater sense of fulfillment with the work that you did at the end of the day. And it will be a greater sense of fulfillment than maybe you have in the past in a whole week. I mean, have you ever had a week where you look back and you thought, wow, you know what? I, I spent like 15 minutes doing what matters to me, what is really important or what I tell everybody is important. And the rest of my time was just burned on stupidity. I can tell you how much time that I've wasted. I'm, I'll admit it. Reading news sites or reading arguments or reading people, opinion pieces or reading sports news or watching videos of what happened in the game or chatting with people on social media or seeing what deals were available. And the next thing I know, it's not only has a day gone by, but an entire week has gone by and I have little to nothing to show for it. Now, according to researchers, this is something that I recently discovered. When we put off our important tasks till later in the day, or in some cases later in the week, we go through that day with a sort of low-grade tension eating away at us and affecting everything that we do. And it's the kind of tension that saps our strength and our focus, and it affects our creativity because our mind and our focus are divided between what we're doing and what needs to be done that's not getting done. Think about that. I've experienced this enough where I'm conscious of it now. It's happened to me enough times where I, I, can, I can just feel it. A lot of times I make myself do the thing that I don't want to do first and get it out of the way because not doing that thing has a way of making my other activities miserable. Because as I'm engaging in something, I realize that that project that I put off is waiting for me when I get back or needs to be done later in the week. Now, sometimes I can't get to the thing when I want to get to it. I allow just a whirlwind of activity to kind of sweep me away. And a lot of times, unfortunately, this activity isn't even legitimate activity. It's just nonsensical, uh, uh, just a poor way of spending my time. Now, 
I consider myself disciplined enough to get the job done, even if I have to get the job done at the last minute as it relates to my business and my interactions with clients and customers. I can do that, but your future usually isn't that work that you're, these projects that you're doing for clients or just the busy work of the daily business. It is the building for the future, the building towards the future, those new things that you're developing. Those are the things that if you put them off and put them off and put them off, you'll lose months, you'll lose years, um, and sometimes you'll lose everything if you let it go for long enough. So even devoting your first working hour to that project, one hour really doesn't seem like a long time. I mean, think about wasting one hour on social media. I mean, it's gone just like that. Or wasting one hour watching some videos or watching um, a movie or anything. It just, it just goes really quickly. And so, yes, you can absolutely positively spend one hour working on a project that matters. And taking that hour in the morning and, and doing that before you start answering emails, before you start browsing through your local or, or world news website, whatever you like to read, before you read about who won the game, before you log on to social media, before you spend an, uh, any of that, you spend an hour doing the deep work that matters to your business income or to your marketing or whatever the important project happens to be, and you leave the busy work just to later in the day or till after that. How might that change your business? Now, you're listening to this podcast today. Maybe you won't hear the topic of productivity brought up again for days, weeks, or months. But what happened with me was I was doing some busy work, doing nothing really. And I decided to, an article caught my attention and it was on productivity. And that's what caused me to think about this. And I took a piece of paper and I wrote down on this paper all of the things that I was doing that were time consuming so that I could see it for myself. Now, it didn't say to do this in the article, but I just stopped for a moment and I wanted to look at what was happening because sometimes when you're in the midst of it, you can't see the forest for the trees. You just feel busy, but at the end of the day, you don't have anything to show for it. And so I wrote down all of the things that I was doing that day that made me feel busy and they were all just, it was just nonsense. Let me look for this, hold on a second. All right. Yeah, interesting thing here. One day, I was just reading what I wrote down when I did this, I was reading about marketing for two or three hours a day. Now, I've been in marketing for all of my life. And so when I read about marketing, what I'm basically doing is seeing what type of experiments other people are doing and what type of results they're getting for their business. And by the end of a few hours or more, reading different articles on marketing, see what was changing in SEO and all of these different things, I realized something that I, I hadn't applied any of these things. I wasn't testing any of these things. I was just getting more information. And then when I thought about earlier in the day before I read this article on productivity, I basically spent most of the morning uh, browsing news websites, seeing what was going on in the world and digesting all of this information. And then when I think about how I spent the nighttime, 
Basically, it was more of the same, except Lori and I were interacting about the different types of information that we had absorbed that day. And to be honest, the entire day was a waste. I think we watched some Netflix streaming then and we went to sleep and just about nothing got done. But we felt tired. Both of us felt tired. You see where I'm going with this? And so I think that the future belongs to those who are able to get out of this. When I'm talking about the future, future business growth, future business leaders, if you want to go somewhere that's meaningful in your life, you're going to have to sort of organize things a little bit better. And I think the easiest way to start out would be to test out this morning type of approach for yourself. And like I said, if you're not a morning person, you know that you're at least conscious and aware of what's happening around you by at least 10 or 11 o'clock before lunchtime. So maybe that time of productivity is right before lunch because maybe after lunch, the whole everything just gets too crazy. You have too many appointments to keep up with. You know what your schedule looks like, in other words. You know when you're at full strength and you know when you're not. So why not plan accordingly? You know, it's unfortunate, but people are finding it difficult to uh, work without having to deal with ongoing distractions anymore. And it's funny, the habit that we have, email was a bad habit for me for years. I would have the email box open and you know how much junk mail that you get in your email. I was continuously looking at it and I would look at an ad, even though I had no intention on buying whatever it was the ad was about. But I would get ads from affiliate marketers and all of this kind of stuff. And I had no intent. I knew I wasn't going to buy anything. But for whatever reason, I just found myself wanting to see what it was that they were offering. And so, yeah, so I, I don't want you to think that I've mastered the productivity thing. Now, I've, I've accomplished a lot, but all things being equal, I've been doing it a lot. If you do anything a long time, even if you're not really like a productivity king or queen, you're still going to get things done. But now I look at life and I think, how much better could life be? How much more progress could I make? How, much more, how many more success stories could I be involved in? if I were a little bit more disciplined with how I was starting my day. Because if I protected that time, and that time was a no compromise, one hour a day dedicated towards doing whatever, that impor whatever important project really needed to be done, how much different would every week be? How much different would every month be? How much different, let me just stop at a quarter, right? We divide the year up into four quarters. How much different would the first quarter of the year be going forward than the first quarters of the year were in the past? So we're really talking about something that in the big picture is very small, but ongoing could be life-changing. This one little habit could be a game changer for you, as it has been, historically speaking, for many people in the past. Some of the most productive people in history have followed a similar type of discipline to what I'm talking about today. And I call it a discipline, but really when a discipline becomes a habit, it no longer requires willpower to keep it going. And I'm guessing that you have some good habits because if you didn't, you never would have been able to start a business. You would never been able to build what you've already built. But if you add just a little bit more uh, discipline to get started and form a new habit, and this is very, I mean, what we're really talking about is minimal Yes, the impact can be 
decisive. The impact can be life-changing, but would it really be that hard to take an hour in the morning and dedicate that time because it's quieter, because you'll have more energy, all things being equal at that moment than you will at any other time in the day towards doing the tasks that matter the most? So is it really that difficult? Is it really asking a lot? Is it really going to require that much discipline? Yes, maybe to get started it does because you have a habit of doing things that really don't matter (laughs) as you get up. But realistically, how would this work for you as an individual? So here's an idea. Set aside one hour of non-negotiable. This is non-negotiable. It has to be non-negotiable commitment, a non-negotiable commitment that you make with yourself and maybe with a loved one and let them know that this is what you're trying to do. This is what you're going to test out. You're going to test it out for a week and let them know how it went. So you may have to set an alarm to get this done for one week. Do whatever you have to do. It's not going to be anything. It's not going to be like climbing a mountain. So you work you work up that initial discipline to set aside the time and you're going to do that for a one-week commitment. That's it. Not a month, not a year, not forever just one week, because unless this works for you, well, then there's no sense to continue with it. But you have to give it an honest shot. So that's why I say give it a week. And this is going to be the time, this is the hour where you're going to work on the most important, the move the needle project that will impact your business for the better. And that's where you're going to work on this project. Now, if you get to the place where you're sitting there, it's the morning time, and you just can't concentrate on the work for whatever reason, you've made the commitment for an hour. So maybe you set an alarm on your phone or on a device or whatever. So you don't keep looking at the clock. So you don't have to worry about going over in other words. And at the very worst, if it's just an awful morning, you're going to sit there for a whole hour, not doing much of anything. But, but here's the, but you're not going to be answering emails you're not going to be browsing through your local or world news websites, whatever you like. You're not going to be reading articles. You're not going to be watching videos. You're not going to be doing anything because you've committed that one hour to the project. And if you're not going to do the project, you're not going to do anything. You're just going to sit there maybe with several false starts. Or you're going to do something you're going to look at and say, oh, this looks terrible. This sounds terrible. This just isn't working. That's kind of how our mind, that's when we have the habit of undisciplined, an undisciplined mind, let's put it that way. When we have a habit of doing something, we don't want to break. There's part of us that doesn't want to break it. But there's another part of us that knows that if we do this thing, we're going to be so much better off for it. So again, you're only going to do a week, make that commitment with yourself, make the commitment that when you're there, you're not going to do anything else but that project. And if you can't do the project, then if you have to stare at a blank screen or you have to Not, you know, if you're writing an article, you're looking at the uh, blinking cursor. If you're going to do that, you're going to do it for an hour, okay? But you're not going to break your commitment. Your your future, your life, my life, is is it worth doing this? Absolutely. I'm going to do it too. I'm going to do it too. I'm going to start on Monday. So, and I'll let you know how it goes. So do this for five days. At the end of five days, ask yourself, has it made a difference? Is it worth it to keep on going with it? I hope you're interested enough to find out. Anyway, I'll report back in a week or two on how it went for me. All right, let's go ahead and put the bookmarker in it there. That's about all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think it will help a friend, please go ahead and share the episode link with them 
or send them to jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast. Your sharing of this podcast is so important to me because it helps me to reach people who I would otherwise never be able to reach probably because of all of the noise that's out there today. So that's all for now. Thanks again for listening. Have a great rest of your week and I'll talk to you later. Mm-hmm.